Introducing the one of the last great, best investigative journalists the world has to offer, one of the best-selling authors on truth and uh, often the consequences, the author of the book, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, a book that has been banned in Canada, the one and only Greg Palace. Greg, welcome to the big broadcast. like to thank your enthusiastic audience for the applause. We have the best audience on radio, Greg. <laughs> yeah. The, the best. I'll take your word for it. Welcome. Right. <laughs> so welcome. You're you know, speaking to us from sunny California. Yes, from uh, from Hollywood, <laughs> from the uh, from the uh, anus of the beast. That's yeah. right. L.A. confidential, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. <laughs> well, how you been? I know you've been busy uh, the last few weekends. You've been organizing protests at uh, Chevron Texaco stations getting people to uh, understand and acknowledge and learn about and maybe get upset about uh, the fact that human rights lawyer Steve Dunzinger has been, uh, well, I guess he just, what was the result of the case? I know just recently there was a, a decision by the court. What, yes, what? Uh, he's been found guilty of contempt of court, um, and he has been under house, okay, this lawyer, i, I got to give you the whole story, but this lawyer has been under, an American lawyer has been under house arrest for two years because he took on Chevron. And I'll explain how this happened. And now he's facing six months in prison. Now, so let me, let me back up here. Um, and Please by the do. way, if you go, yeah, if you go to, uh, I have a book that lays this all out called Vulture's Picnic. It's one of the chapters. And um, um, in, uh, so it, it starts out in Ecuador. I went to Ecuador for BBC television. And, um, and what I found is I got myself deep into the rainforest. If you're there, you call it a jungle. Um, looking for uh, making contact with the Kofan indigenous people. Mm -hmm. And um, Steve had already been working with him. He's a lawyer. He went to, um, uh, he went to uh, Harvard with Barack Obama. But rather than cashing in with that golden degree, he did something else I'll explain. So I find, you know, I take, I literally take a canoe <laughs> uh, to find this village. And there I find the, the chief, a guy named Emergildo Criollo. And uh, he's one of the, not everyone even speaks Spanish, let alone uh, um, English. But he spoke Spanish because they have their own language. And he told me that his son, three-year-old son, had gone swimming in a... Um, pool of, uh, in, you know, a nice pool in the, in the rainforest. It was shiny, so it looked really nice. So he went in swimming. What he didn't know is that the shine, the kid didn't know that the shine meant that there was oil sludge in that rain hole. And that had been dumped there by Chevron's Texaco unit. Mm -hmm. The kid went swimming. He came out coughing up, vomiting up blood and died in his father's arms. Then his older brother also died, but from leukemia. And all over the areas where Chevron Oil, uh, when it was uh, their Texaco unit, was drilling, they were dumping sludge all over the jungle. Something, if you did it in Canada, you did it in the U.S., you would go to prison. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because it's poisonous, it's deadly. And I was there when I saw people with pustules all over their arms, 
Lodge was everywhere. I stuck a, um, a stick into it. There's a film, actually, at gregpalace.com. You can yep. see the film, too. Uh, you see me stick a, you know, uh, stick into the sludge, in, into the, a pool, and you come out with this dripping oil. So I was with Chief Criollo, and um, at and uh, he decided he was going to file a lawsuit. So he did. He, he actually. So I followed him, and in the jungle there was a uh, little, you know, because it's an oil drilling area. So there's a little roustabout town called. Uh, um, Agua Agrio, which means sour lake, bitter lake, and uh, he goes into this. Now he is. You understand for this formal event of filing a lawsuit, he's he has war paint. You could see his face at gregpalace.com. Mm-hmm. Pictures. He has war paint on. He's wearing feathers. He's naked from the waist up. And he walks into this courtroom to file a lawsuit. You know, in this court uh, office. And of course, all the you know the local, you know uh, the local bureaucrats, their white shirts and stuff are looking at this. You know, as far as they're concerned, this some like kind of guy dressed up like an Indian for Halloween and mm-hmm. filing a lawsuit. Well, know, in, in the video, they're literally holding back their laughter. Right, they're holding back their their laughter because you know it's it's strange. And, and he files a lawsuit against Chevron for the death of his son and also sons and. And also the the destruction in the rainforest, right? And but then four years later, he wins. He wins nine point five billion dollars from Chevron. He wins the case in Ecuador. Now uh, he wins the case in Ecuador, and the reason he wins the case to a great extent is that there was a hell of a legal team which backed him up. And this is this guy, Steve Donziger. Again, he leaves Harvard Law School instead of cashing in. He goes and he works. Decides he's going to volunteer mm-hmm. to work for the COFAN. And he takes up their case, and he helps work with local lawyers in Ecuador, including training some. There was an indigenous kid that he helped get in through, in through law school, came out as the local lawyer. And um, so I'm there, and I'm, and I'm remember, I was there for BBC television. And uh, so Donziger wins this case in the jungle. Now, you have to understand, the, the, the Chevron... First, they filed the case. They originally filed the case in New York, but it was thrown out because it's, because Chevron said that the Ecuadorian courts are wonderful. They're honest. They're capable. They're incorruptible. It should be done. It's an Ecuador case. It should be done in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. The reason they wanted it in Ecuador was simple. Exactly. They removed all their assets. I spoke to their lawyers and I said, "So all they have left is this, this desk you're sitting at." I said, "We don't even own the desk. Nothing." So as you win the judgment in Ecuador, how do you collect it, right? So, ha-ha, you know, you may have nine. So it got bounced back to Ecuador. Then they lose the case in Ecuador, and they're shocked. So they accused um, Donziger of manipulating the case, all this stuff. You know, it's like nonsense, but Chevron is making these accusations. Now, um, and then, so Chevron wins... uh, uh, they got a right-wing judge in the U.S. Remember, in, in the U.S., judges are highly political. I don't know how they are in Canada, uh, but they're certainly highly political here. They're well, they're elected, elected there, right? Yeah, and a lot of our judges are elected. None of our judges uh, are elected. And uh, so they're totally totally political animals, political hacks, usually terrible lawyers, because you make more as a lawyer than you do as a judge. So, you know, so these are usually losers with political connections. Right. And, they, and Chevron
Chevron found, shopped around, found a judge that would cite, uh, that, that would demand that um, uh, Donziger, who's not made any money off this case, if they're winning $9 billion, he should be getting a big fee instead. Um, they charge him with, uh, they make him pay, they say he has to pay Chevron's legal expenses, you know, tens of millions of dollars. He has to pay Chevron's legal expenses, personally. Okay, this is like unheard of. So he's, he had very little money, but now he's completely bankrupt. And the judge wants to see, says that Chevron should be allowed to get his physical computer, his personal computer, and his cell phone, go through it, and see if he has um, money hidden somewhere, which is ridiculous. I, I know Don's. Well, you know what? We're, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, right. Greg. But when we come back, I, w- I want to dig a, uh, dive a little deeper into this because, because honestly, yeah. I have no idea how they've, uh, and I'm sure the listeners are wondering how the hell they managed to sue Donzinger uh, for doing his job. It's absolutely so. They're basically suing him because he was too good of a lawyer. Um, my yeah. guest is Greg Palast. Uh, he is the investigative journalist with uh, Rolling Stone, the BBC News, uh, BBC Newsnight. Uh, the Guardian, uh, one of the best independent journalists out there. If you haven't already heard of him, you stick around. You're going to hear more. I'm Dave Glover. This is The Drive Time. Welcome back, everybody. My guest on the line is Greg Pallast. Um, now, just just before we went to the break, we were talking about how Chevron somehow or other managed to sue the lawyer who successfully sued them. Um, they wanted it. My understanding was that they, they made it a RICO case, which is the weirdest thing. Um, yeah, racketeering like, like, here's a guy who's defending, you have uh, to repeat, if you missed some of this before, Steven, this is Greg Powell, Steve Donziger um, was the lawyer who, who was the attorney for the Kofan indigenous tribe of, of Ecuador, where people were, were, where kids died because of, of the poisoning of the water supply in the whole jungle, mm-hmm. poisoning people, mass leukemias. And the chief's kid died by swallowing hydrocarbon while he was swimming, um, three years old. Uh, and Steve took on their case, and he won $9 billion. They've never paid a penny, Chevron, because they say, you know, you can't get us, nah, 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 yeah, can't exactly. get our assets in the U.S. And, and they blocked, and they sued him in the U.S. On cock, uh, you have no idea. I'm not going to go through the whole nonsense of it. But here's the, the terrible thing. Okay, so he refused to turn over his computer and cell phone because, you know, if you start handing over people names of whistleblowers within Chevron or within the indigenous community, whatever, you're going to end up, this is Latin America. You mm-hmm. end up with death squads killing these people, so he wouldn't do it. So they found him in contempt of court, this right-wing judge, yeah. this ultra-right judge. This is Lewis Kaplan we're talking about, right? Lewis Kaplan is the name of New York. Yeah. And Kaplan demanded that the prosecutors charge him with contempt of court and prosecute him as a crime, not just like, you know, sometimes lawyers... Judges will will find you a couple grand. Uh, William Kunstler famously during the Chicago Seven trial, if you want, you should watch that movie. Um, was um, found in contempt forty two times yep. during the trial. That's right. You know, so this is common. So, uh, but they want to charge him criminally, put him in prison. So the, the believe it or not, Donald Trump's Justice Department said this is a joke. We're not putting this guy in prison. He's a lawyer for the for the natives. Um, you don't go to jail for that. So you know what the judge did? This has never happened in American history. He assigned Chevron's law firm to act as prosecutor in the criminal prosecution of this lawyer, Steve Donziger. 
And listen to this, under the U.S. Constitution, anyone charged with a crime, it's right there in the, uh, in the Fifth Amendment, gets the right to a trial by jury. If you're going to go to jail, you get a, a trial by jury. He said, nope, you may not have a jury. Because the jury would have said, this guy deserves the Nobel Prize. This guy deserves the, the yeah. Presidential Medal of Freedom. He does not deserve six months in jail. In the meantime, he says, oh, the guy's a flight risk. Well, where is he flying to? The jungle in Ecuador? So he's been wearing, he's been under house arrest for two years, wearing an ankle bracelet. You have to understand, even for contempt of court, the worst thing that can happen to you is 90 days in prison if they go crazy. He's already been under in prison for two years, and now they're talking about the judge is talking about giving him six months in jail on top of it. It's, and by a prosecution, by Chevron Oil's attorneys. This has never happened in American history where a corporation is directly yep. allowed to prosecute a, anyone, let alone the guy who sued them. Yep. This is the most chill. If this, ha- if this is allowed to continue, now here's the thing. Even Trump's Justice Department didn't go along with it. It said, no, we're not going to prosecute him. But they didn't stop the judge from letting Chevron prosecute him. Yes, exactly. Again, we're talking about a private where corporation. Is the United States, where is the United States Justice Department under Joe Biden, our Attorney General Merrick Garland, who makes a big deal? Oh, he cries crocodile tears. But he's allowing it. I still haven't seen this prosecution stopped. This is ugly. And that's why, now, normally, you have to understand, I'm a journalist. And you know, Greg Palestine, I'm, I'm quite non, I'm totally nonpartisan. I've, you know, because I go after Democrats, Republicans, yeah. uh, you know, Tories, you name it. No matter what nation I'm in, I'm, I'm going after everyone on, on all sides of the aisle. But um, and I usually don't participate in in, um, in any type of uh, direct uh, political action. But in this case, I did agree to join the public uh, outcry against the imprisonment of of uh, this lawyer, Steve, this great human rights lawyer. Donziger, mm-hmm. you know, so we have, uh, you know, Human Rights Watch, um, Amazon Watch, Climate Emergency, all these groups, 60 Nobel Prize winners have written the court saying, stop this ugly business. We've had many attorneys general, many of our top legal officials around the country have said, this is insane. But this continues. But again, and part of it is also that it's a freedom of, of press issue, <laughs> excuse me, because Chevron went after me, Yeah, because I did a report, because I did report from the jungle, I showed you the people with the pustules on their arms, mm-hmm. you met the chief, you could see the oil, and here's what else I, I came up with in my investigative report, again, you know, it, I'm, I'm a kind of an old gumshoe investigative reporter, yeah. the old style, and I got a piece of inside documentation from inside Chevron. And it actually said, there's a note, and it was written in Spanish and English, that said, find all the records of dumping sludge, remove them from the files, and destroy them. That's a direct quote. Remove and destroy them. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to understand, in the U.S., it's a felony crime. Yeah, of absolutely. obstruction of justice. But it's the guy that uncovered this information that's facing prison time, not the guy who wrote that letter to destroy evidence, who is, by the way, as, he, as it says in Spanish, the Presidente de la Junta, 
the, the president of Chevron USA said, destroy the documents. Destroy the yep. documents. And that's, or I should say, he was head of Texaco at the time, which is a Chevron, which became a Chevron unit. Yeah. So you're talking about, this is not like some minor guys. We're talking about the president of the company saying mm-hmm. destroy documentation. And so when I showed that on BBC Nightly News, Newsnight, and it went around the world, except I think it was in Canada, but I was not in, but again, not in the U.S. We should talk about that. But um, the um, Chevron went berserk. Chevron went completely berserk. And um, and said I was biased against them and da 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 and I said all I did was show the documents. You, I didn't write that document. You wrote the document. And well, not only I, that, but I actually had their attorneys on. And yes. I asked them, show me the doc. Here's here's this document. It said destroyed files. Would you explain this? And they said, oh, we're sure there's an explanation. We'll get right back to you. And um, and uh, I've been waiting. Uh, 13 years for them to get back to me. Well, the one guy looked like he was going to wet his pants when he saw that document. Yes, yeah, well, what happened was they <laughs> thought I went in and had an interview with them. They thought I was on their side, you know, and I'm on no one's side. And just so you know, some of the co-fans, because they, they didn't understand, they were upset that I'd showed all these Chevron lawyers, that I ended the program with Chevron lawyers. So they complained, too, because they didn't get, because of the language barrier, they didn't get the fact that basically I let the Chevron lawyers talk. To hang themselves. Because they hung themselves. I'm showing them uh, evidence, uh, a, a medical uh, uh, study that was published of childhood leukemias, which are rampant. Mm-hmm. Rampant in the areas where um, Chevron's Texas unit dumped oil. And I said, what about this report about leukemia among the uh, indigenous uh, kids? They said, ah! What, these are the only kids to die of cancer in the world? They die of yeah. cancer everywhere. Yeah, everywhere all around the world, you know, kids die of cancer. You have to prove that crude oil uh, causes cancer, which, of course, we know. Are we can. There's any uh, number of studies on it. You've got to prove that crude oil uh, causes cancer. And even if it does cause cancer, he said he was chuckling. And you see it on the film. Go yeah. to gregpalace.com and watch this film. He's actually chuckling and saying, and you'd have to prove, but you'd have to prove it's our crude oil. Yeah, yeah. And you can never do that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, actually, you can. So, so and just Steve did. If, if yeah. I could just interrupt for one second for, for the listeners out there. So, if you haven't seen the video, please go to the gregpalace.com and watch the video. What Greg's talking about, what they essentially did, and we, you know, we in Canada know about the pollution from tailings ponds. Okay, we have yeah. seen horrifying stories about, you know, in Fort McMurray, what's happened there with the water pollutions. First Nations in in parts of of Alberta that don't have access to clean drinking water anymore because exactly this problem. But th- what what Texaco essentially did, listeners, was turn the headwaters of the Amazon River. This is the Amazon River, the longest river in the world, and they basically turned it into a giant tailings pond. They were literally just dumping as though it was a tailings pond into this sort of pond adjacent, if you will, to the river. And, and of course, you know, to your point, when, when you see the light shimmering off it and it looks like you're diving into pearls as a small child, I can totally see why that would have been enticing for a child. But, you know, just like we have laws in Canada uh, about tailings ponds, um, unfortunately, 
when it comes to uh, countries around the world, uh, corporations, specifically uh, multinationals, Texaco, Chevron, Texaco, um, you know, I want to talk about Barrick Gold, if you can, uh, if we can, because Barrick has a similar history. They weren't dumping tailings ponds necessarily, but similar. What are they using, arsenic and what have you in the gold extraction? Yes. And so, and we should get to Barrick, uh, the, the, because, you know, again, it's not just evil American corporations no. do this, the pool of stuff. Any type of extractive industry, and of yep. course Canada is mainly uh, known for the international uh, leader in mining and, and mining pollution. Uh, but in the case of Chevron, yeah, so in other words, it was the Texaco, and then Chevron bought Texaco. And I even talked to the president, uh, and they did a very good job of including removing the president of Ecuador, uh, Rafael Correa. I met yep. with him, and, and he insisted... He insisted, the president of Ecuador, that he didn't get involved in the case with the uh, with the indigenous against Chevron. But once they won the case, he said, "Look, our courts have said you got to pay and fix and clean the Amazon." And so Chevron ran. It was very good at running campaigns to undermine the president of Ecuador. He simply said, "All we want is justice, and for these people, you have come in and and basically." You know, poisoning our people. You're killing our kids, and you know what? You got to clean it up, and you got to pay for it. And uh, but also, they went after me, Greg Palast. As you know, they so Chevron complained to BBC that I was biased against them. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, so uh, finally, uh, the uh, network. Uh, I went through a year of hearings. It basically kept me off the air for a year while I had to fight this stuff from. And then finally they said, no, that's nonsense. Because I said, all I did, they don't, they don't, what they don't like is what I showed the public, that they were burying evidence. Mm-hmm. I showed them the people that they harmed. And then I let, as, as I, we just mentioned, I let the lawyers uh, talk as long as they wanted. They just buried themselves nicely. Oh, it's, you know, kids get cancer. Oh, it's a big fraud on us. You know, and, um, but now Steve Donziger, again, the lawyer for the natives is facing, he's been under house arrest two years wearing an ankle bracelet which is insane, and now he's facing six months in prison for a trial without jury in which the, 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 the judge, uh, basically this woman from, again, we have these highly political judges, and this one is easily identified as a political uh, hack. She's a member of what's called the Federalist Society. That was created by the Koch brothers, mm-hmm. you know, the ultra-right-wing family. And what they do is that they basically train judges to have this pro-corporate position, and once and they and these right-wing judges join this Federalist Society, and that's how they get appointed to the courts. When you have people like Bush or Trump in in office, they pick people from the Federalist Society. Yeah. In, in America, our court system is anything. It's not a justice system, and uh, it's and so corporations have seized control. I'm hoping that mm-hmm. that uh, with all the noise we're raising. That um, that the at least the Democratic administration, which I'm not much faith in, but it will at least say this stuff of a corporate prosecution again. The judge appointed Chevron's own lawyers to prosecute Steve Donziger, this lawyer. No yeah. jury trial. It was a kangaroo court of the worst order. This stuff's got to end. So that's why that's why I've been working. That's what uh, I put out this week. I mean, I'm working on a lot of things in the U.S., including our broken elections and. And the rest, but um, does does he get to? Yeah, does he get to file an appeal, Steve Donziger, on this bogus uh, conviction? I mean, like, is there room for? There's got to be room for appeal. 
Well, that's one of the problems, is that the judge would not, you know, you need the judges, usually judges' approval to appeal during the process. So he's been under house arrest for two years. Of course, his business, he's a, he is a lawyer, yep. trying to make a few bucks to stay alive, and, and they took that, they destroyed his business as a lawyer, um, you know, because he's under, who wants to have a lawyer who's under arrest and facing prison time. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, so he'll, I mean, what I'm hoping is that, this Justice Department will act like a Justice Department in the U.S., uh, the new administration, and say, no, we don't have private prosecutions by corporations. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's not going to stand. So I'm waiting to see what will happen. We've had Bernie Sanders and others write letters uh, mm-hmm. to the Attorney General, but it's, you know, we need uh, uh, better action. But again, there's censorship. So one of the problems I've had, is getting out this story. That's why I really, really appreciate your putting me on the air. Because while I got it out on BBC television years mm-hmm. ago, oh, the original story, I haven't done the Donziger story itself yet. While I haven't done, uh, while I, when I try to get out that story about Chevron's unit poisoning people, it, I couldn't get it onto the U.S. airwaves. And of course, the most important in terms of intellectual influence would be to get it on the, the uh, PBS, our public broadcast. <laughs> Good luck. Chevron owns but, PBS. So here's what happened. So uh, um, the, uh, um, uh, the we have something called the PBS News Hour. Yep. And uh, and uh, you know they wouldn't touch the story. They wouldn't touch the story. In fact, they did a story about the Deepwater Horizon. Another investigation I did, by the way, a uh, Deepwater Horizon. Uh, the you know the, um, the the British Petroleum rig that blew up in the, in the Gulf, mm-hmm. and they had the president of Chevron get on and say, "Oh, BP doesn't have a good safety culture, a good uh, concern about the environment." These are the guys that are crapping all over the the uh, the Amazon. Yeah, right? yeah, literally. Now PBS didn't say anything. They give they allow Chevron to go on and talk about how wonderful Chevron is. What they don't mention in the program is if you went to their website. On top, above where it says public broadcasting system, it says national sponsor Chevron Petroleum. Exactly. Their big logo, the Chevron logo. Chevron was the chief sponsor of the news hour. Now, this is supposed to be, now you might be shocked in Canada because there are no sponsors for Canadian broadcasting system. It's owned by the people. In America, while technically it's owned by the people, our public broadcasting system, all their money comes from these big corporations, 90% of their money is from big corporations. It's not really the public broadcasting system, it's the petroleum broadcasting system. Oh, absolutely. And, well, uh, and so when I said, when I complained, is that so is the reason you turned down this report is that the sponsor is Chevron. Their response was simply to remove Chevron's logo so you couldn't see it. But the, but the oil slick in their newsroom is still there. It's, so the pollution is not, it's in our, it's in the jungle. It's in our air, but it's also in our politics and in our courtrooms and in our media. And the pollution, that's the, the biggest problem. The pollution is universal throughout the system. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. On that note, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, listeners, more of my conversation with Greg Pallast, uh, including, you know, I mean, let's face it. PBS NewsHour was discredited more than a decade ago when they were blocked from doing a piece on a piece of property in the Upper West Side that 
Charles Koch happened to reside at. (laughs) So as far as I'm concerned, lost all credibility at that point, even before. You're listening to The Drive Time. My guest is Greg Pallast, and uh, we are talking about the Steve Donziger case, but we are mostly really talking about this this whole chicanery of a justice system in America, which has been bought and sold just like the Senate. We'll be right back. And my guest, Greg Pallast, is back with us, listeners. And you are listening to our conversation about uh, what, what Chevron Texco did, or Texco Chevron, whatever you want to call them, in Ecuador. Um, so they were found to have polluted the headwaters of the Amazon. They were forced. Originally, the judgment was for $19 billion, if I read that correctly. It was dropped down to $9.5 billion, And then Chevron basically said, no, 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 try and catch me. And then they just started to proceed their legal case against the 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 just the the lawyer who had the temerity to try and sue a major multinational. Uh, also, Greg Palast, who has a target on his back from Chevron as well, because he wasn't playing fair as far as they were concerned. I guess you just can't make these people happy, can you, Greg? Uh, I'm not supposed to make them happy. <laughs> exactly. Well, what is <laughs> but, this? Uh, well, the, the problem is, is that uh, they. You know, uh, like I say, they have polluted our courts, our, our politics, our media. So one of the problems is, again, getting this story out in the U.S. media. It's almost impossible. In fact, one of the ways that we've been doing these things, and lately, even my own work, I've had a tremendously difficult time getting in, into U.S. media. So I'm working around them. For example, I've been doing a lot of my stuff has been with Leonardo DiCaprio. But, you know, so he has a bigger following than most of these networks. So uh, we get the word out that way. Uh, um, you know, John Cusack just put out the information we had about uh, uh, about uh, Stephen Donziger, this great lawyer who defended, who is the lawyer for the Cofan natives of um, of Ecuador. And so, you know, um, you know, I'm I'm not facing the prison time, but we have this, this endless problem, and I also don't want to let it go. You know, it's very easy to be smarmy about of the U.S. and as an American. Whatever you could say about us is true and worse, I will agree. But I don't want to let Canada off the hook. So I always like to bring back the story to Canada, and you've got to clean up your own house and your own mess, too. And that's one. And, and I had a very similar story in Canada years ago. Um, and, in fact, uh, like I say, my biggest best-selling book, I've had many uh, uh, best-selling books uh, on the Times list, but the number one uh, book was The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, which was banned in Canada. Couldn't be published in Canada. And the reason is, is that uh, one of the chapters, a couple of chapters, take on something called, a company called Barrett Gold Mining of Toronto, which was um, uh, run and owned pretty much by a guy named Peter Monk. And you have the Monk School I think it's a business school or whatever. Oh, yeah. at, uh, the University of uh, Toronto. Uh, there and at the University of Toronto. And shame on you, take that name off. I mean, if uh, when you talk about a killer. Um, so I did a story for the Guardian newspapers, in which I discovered um, that the that uh, Barrick Gold Mining had was buying a gold mine from another Canadian company called Sutton, or buying Sutton. And uh, in Tanzania, and unf- uh, unfortunately for Barrick and Sutton, uh, there were uh, already gold miners who had legitimate claim stakes. They were called jewelry miners because they, they just got out little bits of gold. They dig their own holes, sometimes thirty, forty feet deep. Mm-hmm. And um, so they decided to clear the property, Sutton, the Canadian company, to sell it so they could sell it to Barrick. 
And they, they ran bulldozers across the property and filled in all the holes of the, uh, you know, the miners that were there. And it turns out about 50 of them were still in their mines, were still in the mines when those holes were covered up and they were suffocated. They, they suffocated to death. And now, where, where was this, taken. by the way? This is in Tanzania, okay. a place called Bulianhulu. Okay. And so what happened was I did that report for The Guardian, and Peter Monk and Barrick sued, because also one of the things I, I brought up was that um, this was in an investigation called The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, the name of my book, and it was for The Guardian on investigating George, uh, the money behind the Bush family. George W. Bush was a so-called senior advisor to Barrick Gold Mining mm -hmm. and was involved in getting them that uh, gold mine in Tanzania. And uh, they bought up several politicians, including um, uh, Ambassador Andy Young and, and uh, uh, you know, like you got a lot of people for sale, a lot of politicians for sale who will use their influence. And um, what they did was they, and they got um, uh, one of your prime ministers uh, uh, joined the board as well. Um, and um, so they they sued me and said this never happened. People did not die. Okay. Well, I'm look. I'm not infallible. I'm you know it's not, I'm, you know the words of Greg Palliser are not infallible. If if I'm wrong, I'll I'll run a retraction. Jesus, story was made up, really. But then an environmental lawyer in Tanzania named Tundulisi, a great man, a courageous man, just like Stephen Donziger took up the case of these miners who were buried alive, and he went into the field, and we got videotape. We have photos which will make you sick, dead bodies being pulled up out of those closed-up holes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was sick and horrible. You had a, a, a magazine, Frank, kind of like, uh, which I love, investigation humor. Mm-hmm. They had retracted. They did. They actually did a story before I did, and then they retracted under threats of being put out of business under your horrific, ridiculous, insane libel law. Oh yeah, and um, just horrific. Uh, where the truth is not a defense, by the way. No, like, it's never it's, a defense. Like, it's insane. No. Nope. And um, so what happened was, um, 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 so Monk sued me over that. I also noted that, for example. Um, Barrett Gold Mining, your, your wonderful company, um, Monk became a billionaire because he filed a claim stake with the U.S. government for, for a mine in Nevada, a gold mine in, the, in Nevada, like it was like an old prospector from the Old West, files a claim stake, which shouldn't be allowed anymore, and wasn't allowed, and the government tried to block it, but he paid the U.S. government $10,000 for the rights to a gold mine that had ten billion dollars of gold in it in Nevada. Mm -hmm. But again, he was, how'd that happen? George Bush Sr. was president. That's right. Um, the Interior Department, uh, he blocked the Interior Department from stopping this giveaway. What, what one of our Interior Secretaries, one of our ministers called the, the greatest daylight robbery since Jesse James. And Monk, so when you're looking at, at you know, again, at the University of Toronto, that's blood money. That's from those dead miners in Tanzania. That's from the money stolen out of out of Nevada. And how he did it was, um, he Bush. Uh, so Bush loses re-election. Bush Senior. And his uh, and 
and Monk, uh, Peter Monk and Barrett Goldmining hired uh, Bush, pay him a fortune, you know, supposedly millions, was what he paid board members. Yeah. Um, to join the board to give him protection. He also, you know, again, had some of your, I can't remember which of your prime ministers Ryan Mulroney. on the board. Yeah, Mulroney. Yeah. That's right, Mulroney was well, on I'm the looking board. at the list right here as we're speaking. Yeah, Brian Mulroney, former uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, John Barrett is on the, uh, on the, on the board. Uh, Mulroney yeah, is, the, is the funniest. And, and yeah, now, they, they, get to, they get to buy your, your, your government for you and give you protection. Yeah, yeah. well, and don't so, forget, um, Stephen Harper... I was not able... Yeah, so I was not able to... to uh, Penguin could not issue my book in, uh, in Canada, uh, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. By the way, you can go to gregpalace.com and read, just write in Barrick, B-A-R-R-I-C-K, and get the full story. Mm-hmm. And again, very similar. Now, what happened with Tundu Lissu, by the way, this lawyer, just unlike Steve Donter, he was charged with sedition in this country for, for giving away the secret of the deal on the mine in Tanzania. And, um, um, and in fact, his law partner, who was a member of parliament, by the way, they smashed up their law office, they beat up his law partner, and they're going to put Tundu Lissu, this courageous lawyer, in jail forever. Here's something interesting. He just ran for president of Tanzania. Uh, but he had to do it from, I think he's in Switzerland, so they don't kill him. Um, you know, again, you have to understand that, that, that bones and blood are the price of gold. Mm-hmm. And the Canadians are very good at extracting the gold and the bones and the blood. And so I don't want to let, you know, it's very easy to talk about the horrors of American corporations, but you've got your problems, too, and you've got mm-hmm. your politicians for sale. But luckily... The, the ban on the story ended in Canada because you had a, a courageous group of, of other journalists who wrote a book in, in French called Canada Noir about the dark side of uh, Canadian politics. Yep. And they told the Barrick gold mining story and what happened in Tanzania. Barrick did try to use the horrible um, um, libel laws. laws of libel laws of Canada. And, but astonishingly and amazingly they won and the truth came out which is why I can speak to you now <laughs> without your having to shut down your station because they, they beat this story they got it out and uh, they won their case amazingly so but this is imagine the uphill fight to, to tell this story and it's even harder again in the US that so we don't have the libel well we have libel laws in the US which unfortunately can bankrupt you we, but we have at least uh, uh, stronger First Amendment protections. But the problem is we have protections in our Constitution, but it's like the Constitution is a nice document in a glass case, but we have government that just forgets that it exists. Oh, yeah, all the time. And so, you know, i just really thrilled that I could speak with you. Yes, we got, so we got problems here and in Canada, but at the moment we're talking, and as long as we can do that, somehow the truth will come up through the cracks, huh? Well, let's uh, let's hope that's the case because the reality is, as long as we keep talking about these things, eventually, people will listen, right? I mean, you know, I, I feel sometimes like I'm screaming into the darkness, Greg. I really do, and I'm. You know, I would really like to hear from Canadian students to say they should really be saying, "Take that name, Peter Monk's name, off that school. It's blood money. It's mm-hmm. literally blood money." And I think that that's got to that that got to end you know like finally in the u.s we're coming to terms with our history of slavery 
and racial brutality. Mm-hmm. And we were taking down the monuments to the killers and the monsters and the enslavers. And, you know, this has been cathartic and important. And I think Canada has, you know, I know that you're going through that now with the indigenous population and yep. what happened yep. in the, at, at, the, at these Catholic church schools, prisons, really. And I understand that, but I think it's also time to get to the corporate powers. Oh, absolutely! That yeah. that have too long controlled your politics. Well, our last prime minister, Stephen Harper, he's the head of the International Democratic Union now, Greg, the IDU. And let's face it, the IDU is just the Koch brothers on steroids, right? Yeah. So, like, that's the problem is that um, <laughs> that they're that they're trading Canadian politicians. Yeah like bags of sugar as they do in the U.S. And, and in, you know, that's the trick that Barrett Goldmining used for years, and Peter Monk especially was, um, was hooking up with politically powerful people. Remember, he started Barrick with money from, uh, apparently from Atman Khashoggi, the arms dealer, the yep. corrupt arms dealer. And this is, the, you know, again, but that gave him access to the Bush family. Exactly. It so, seems you know, to be all about you know, access. They, we don't have all ends of this story. We try to get it right. You know, I'm, I, like I say, I'm not infallible. But I've yet to have anyone say that the killings did not happen in Tanzania. No one's been, you know, it's, it was horrible. We need to talk about it because otherwise we have Holocaust denial. Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, when the people who are trying to bring the truth to the fore are targeted... They're uh, assassinated in places around the world. We see journalists are being murdered. I remember, you know, we can talk about the case of Serena Shim some other time, perhaps. Uh, and, you know, the fact that she was essentially murdered by the Turkish government. Nobody wants to talk about that. The uh, imprisonment of Julian Assange, which looks like it's going to be moving forward, even even though th- this is a guy who th- there is no case against Julian Assange. I mean, so many, so many wrongs are being done, Greg. And, and, and I just applaud you. For, for being able to, not just able to, but being willing to stick your neck out there in the, in the old tradition of journalism, which is, what is, it, what is the old model? The old motto was to make the comfortable uncomfortable yeah, and to but, afford you know, comfort the to the to oppressed. Comfort the uncomfortable and, and provide succor to those who are discomforted. Exactly. You know, the... I, well, I appreciate your taking me through the electronic Berlin Wall. If Barrick... Uh, disagrees, then let's uh, have a debate on the air. I'm happy to talk with them if they have a different viewpoint. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, the truth, you know, the truth should not be buried alive. And I think that, that your program is extraordinary because it allows for place to discuss the, the otherwise forbidden truth, you know, uh, and, and end the happy talk. Yeah, so, you exactly. Know, we have too much of a corporate-owned media and you're a refreshing oasis from that. Well, as I say, I you know anytime you, you want to come back, we'll have you back. And if I've got a story I'd like to to have you back for, I will of course br- bring you back for that because uh, the reality is we need to continue to shine the light. Uh, okay, so go to gregpalace.com. That's G R E G Greg, and then Palace P A L A S T dot com. You can watch that film from Ecuador. You can read the stories about Barrett Goldmine in Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'm also Greg underscore Palast uh, on Twitter to just find out the latest missives. And I'll be back. There you go, Greg Palast, everybody. And we'll take you to the top of the hour once again with Greg's incredible. I love your theme music, by the way. 
There it is. Well, there thanks is. again. Okay.